This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. 
So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Film study short. Today joining us is Terry Foy. Terry, how you doing? I'm very good, Ken. Thanks for having me. Welcome, of course, and I, I, I was attracted to the questions you had regarding the uh, the Ravens, some, obviously some very uh, cogent thoughts, but rather than me try and explain what uh, what you're asking, I want the, you to do that. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, really excited to be able to talk Ravens in this type of setting. Uh, you know, just, I guess, kind of as a frame of reference, I, I've been a season ticket holder since 2008, and I actually wrote for BaltimoreRavens.com in 2007. It was kind of my first gig out of college and what got me here, but I haven't been able to talk in any type of like professional capacity about the team in more than a decade. So uh, when I ran across this opportunity, it was pretty exciting. And I think, you know, to begin, I think about, I think about this from the fans perspective. And, uh, you know, one of the questions that I kind of wanted to, to start with is when you frame how this team has kind of come together um, and what, the expectations are heading into this season. Is there a Super Bowl team that comes to mind? A team that has that has had this level of success, kind of this quickly, and not worked through the incremental steps of losing in the playoffs multiple years in a row as a as a kind of unit, similar to say the the first era of the Harbaugh Super Bowl mm-hmm. team, um, and and yet found success because I think as a Ravens fan, that's one of the things that's a little nerve wracking is. You know, you go 14 and two, you're so good. Uh, you get all the accolades at the end of the season. And then now the question is, can they back it up with a playoff performance? Well, if, you know, just what you said, the mirror image might be or the, uh, you know, the negative of, of this team might be the 2000 Ravens, who obviously were very offensively challenged and had a terrific defense and didn't have to wait for their first Super Bowl. They got there and they knew what to do with it when they had the opportunity, which is a good thing because they were very cap constrained at that point. This this Ravens team has what appears to be a couple-of-year leash to get it done. But I know you had another uh, example you thought was particularly on the money. I do, yeah. So I was thinking about it in the context of the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. So, you know, Russell Wilson's rookie season, uh, they qualify for the playoffs, but, um, you know, don't advance to the championship game. And then uh, the following year, they are the number one seed in the NFC. They go 13-3. and I think that at the time, there were probably still some questions about uh, Wilson is a passer about his durability long-term. And so given that they were so defensive, def- if not as dominant, they were certainly very famous defensively. Um, I, I feel like there were, there are some similarities to be drawn, uh, between those two, between that team and this. And, you know, given that they had such an exciting run to the Super Bowl uh, that, you know, included a epic NFC championship game, um, versus the 49ers. Uh, that is one that gives me a little bit of hope because, um, there were so many players that received postseason accolades. They had the buy, um, and they were able to play really well throughout that postseason. Okay. So help me construct the argument as to why they're similar to this team. Cause I think I would take the counterpoint that this team is unlike virtually any in NFL history. First of all, it's a read option team that's now favored to win the Super Bowl, which I don't yep. know when that's happened before. The, maybe the 49ers in 2012 would have been a, you know, the most similar kind of a kind of a situation. But this is a, one of the most potent offenses in NFL history. 
obviously has one of the most singular players who set a record for AV, but construct the argument for the 2013 Seahawks as being similar to this team in, in some way. Well, so one of the points that you made that I think is, is cogent is the fact that defensively they are built from back to front, and certainly with Earl Thomas being a common thread, um, you know, the Legion of Boom, like I said, to whatever degree their performance and their fame may not have matched, they certainly were obviously very, very good. Um, there is not a thumper like Cam Chancellor in this defense, but I think Chuck Clark has emerged as a really good run-supporting uh, option in the secondary. And then with their ability to play physically on the edge, I think that you know there was so much made of those Seahawks and how they were willing to foul their way into forcing the officials to call holding or to call pass interference. I don't think that that's necessarily the way this Ravens secondary approaches themselves on the perimeter, but I do think that it yields a similar result in terms of the way that it frees up that type of scheme rushing. Um, and I think that uh, in those ways, it's certainly, I, I, I should have I should have began. I should have begun by acknowledging that your point is well taken. This is a team without much precedent, and so uh, to the same degree that it might give a Ravens fan fear relative to uh, can a team come off of such a good season and immediately win a Super Bowl um, if they don't have those narrative things in their favor in terms of the chip on their shoulder and the notably believes us an opponent, which I don't think they really can argue that they do. To me, that means they have to be so much better than everyone else, and I think mm -hmm. that that's essentially what we're looking at is, is this Ravens team that much better than the competition in order to be able to steamroll through the playoffs? And I think that if there are questions, they probably fall a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe that's why I shade toward looking at the comparison to the Seahawks team on the defensive side of the ball, as opposed to the offense, where certainly given the, the style and the approach, uh, there really isn't much of a precedent. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to start with the, the, the larger picture, I think anyway, is, is the focus of this team. Billick manufactured the focus for the 2000 Ravens in a lot of ways, I thought, effectively by coming to them at the end of the postseason and saying, end of the regular season and saying, time to win a Super Bowl. Here's our schedule all the way until the date of the game. And I thought he did a very good job of that. I don't think this team needs that sort of direction. I think they've got good leadership on both sides of the ball. I think Thomas uh, you know, the, the loud running he had with Brandon Williams earlier this year is probably a good thing in terms of, of making sure this, the, the team stayed focused. But having your quarterback be the kind of focused leader he's been has been a remarkable asset for this team. Just remarkable in terms of his, his work ethic and, and uh, the improvement he's made season over season. If anyone was a, was a good example to set for someone who wanted to do the same thing next year, I, I think it'd be similar. Now, getting back to your, some of your defensive comments about being built back to front, yeah, there is some of that, and, and I, I can see some of the uh, comparison. I think the, the Seahawks of 2013 had more to offer in terms of pass rushers who could, who could get it done with a four-man pass rush than the Ravens do this year. Sure. No, I would, I would certainly concede that. Um, and to your points about Lamar Jackson, there is no question that if the Ravens' ability to win a Super Bowl comes down to – uh, or, or fans' hopes come down to betting on Lamar Jackson. Every piece of evidence that we've seen so far this year suggests that's a better idea than not. Um, I do have a couple other more specific questions, if uh, if if you don't mind, if I if I move. Yeah, on. please go ahead. So one of the things that watching the Titans Patriots game became an overriding consideration relative to looking ahead to this weekend, and certainly having listened to your po your podcasts uh, in terms of Know Your Foe and, and your podcast with Tehran, uh, I think was reiterated is how much the Titans 
can or will rely on Derrick Henry, um, whether it's to limit the explosiveness of the Ravens offense or fight fire with fire, so to speak. I guess my question is, when you try to guess or create expectations for how the Ravens defense is going to approach the Titans running game, which opponent do you think most resembles the Titans approach? So I think you could look at, at several of them. I think that you, you could look for the similarity of running back. I look more for the similarity of willingness to play power. And the Ravens have had several of those this year. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Buffalo play a lot of power. Uh, if you're, if you're trying to think of who else really fits into that category, San Francisco certainly is, is enormous and, and they play a powerful game. All, any of those would, would be reasonable comps for it. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to hijack your specific point here. So let me, let let me, let you make that. And then I'll, I'll comment on that if you have something else to say about it. Well, I mean, I, I certainly gravitated towards the San Francisco comparison, um, I don't think that there's another back in the league that you can fairly compare to Henry in terms of what he poses from a matchup standpoint. Um, But I do think that to whatever degree Raheem Mostert's desire to create contact is reminiscent and is, and also, you know, to some degree, I think we saw this in the Ravens 49ers game, his desire to get outside is, is similar in terms of the, the way that the Titans use their kind of zone edge rushing scheme and I felt like that was the one that I gravitated towards. So it was really the viability of that comparison that I was most interested in. Okay. Well, my, my feeling would be you're probably more able to scheme for Henry than you're able to scheme for Mostert is that uh, Mostert presented more of a challenge. He's, he's probably a little bit faster than Henry. So it certainly seems that way. Uh, But more importantly, the 49ers just bigger. And they, they're bigger at tight end, and they, they use a fullback who's effective. And it's not that the Titans don't do any of that. They have some, but they just don't have as much quality outside of their five offensive linemen. And, you know, having Kittle on the edge there and being able to, to get that extra blocker uh, really allowed them for, for about two and a half quarters of that game, or into the, for about the first 40 minutes of the game anyway, to, to run the ball effectively and run off the edges. The Ravens shut down the run in the middle, but what they eventually did to shut off the run at the edges was, was to switch Jihad Ward into the game for Ferguson. And at that point, Ferguson had a lot of trouble setting the edge. And this is a, a great thing that I think is, is good to realize about the Ravens is just because a team can run the ball doesn't mean they can do it effectively the entire game. And when he made that switch to Ferguson, they didn't have another run over five yards the rest of the game. And Ferguson really, uh, sorry, Ward did a much better job of setting that edge than Ferguson had. And then what was interesting about it is Ferguson has come back since then and I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, it feels like he's played really well, really effectively as in in, mm-hmm. in the running game. Um, you know, kind of in in that edge setting, and particularly not getting too far upfield and allowing cutback lanes. You know, not inside, but behind him. Right. That's that's exactly right. I mean, he, the the other the a thing that Ferguson was a is more of gambling, obvious like like a pass rusher would to take an inside lane to the quarterback. And one thing we, we really noticed in the Cleveland game on the 88 yard run, I believe by Chubb, he took an inside route and he was actually baited into it. I thought by Mitchell Schwartz and, and, and then sealed very effectively on the inside there that, that, that led to probably 40% of the problem on that run. The other part, there was, there was some other misses involved on that play, but Ferguson has, has certainly improved. Um, he's a player along with uh, along with Boykin. I would love to take significant offseason positional training to improve the way Jackson has. 
You know, it's, it's it, it, using his hands in particular. If you were to work with Pernell McPhee or another guy who really uses his hands effectively that's out of the game now to learn to do that better, that he could just take a huge step forward as a pass rusher. Hadn't thought about Pernell McPhee's absence in a couple of weeks, and now I'm mm-hmm. lamenting what it could uh, potentially mean. Yeah, good player for this team, that's for sure. Moving on, one of the other questions I had for you is, what did the Patriots do to so effectively either limit or remove A.J. Brown from the game? And is there anything that the Ravens could do to try to bring about a similar result? Would they try to emulate the Patriots' approach in that respect? Okay, so I think there is evidence that the Ravens have done that already this season in a game. And obviously playing a lighter package and playing more dime, uh, you know, particularly on on questionable downs, like a second and 10, second and nine, that's a questionable dime down. You can You can do it. You have a good running team. You may give up a seven-yard run, but but it's a it's a questionable dime down in the normal course of activity. Normal scores tied, all all the other things, all other things being equal. But if when you do that, you you do run the risk that the other team is going to run at you, and and it's a measured risk. So I look back to the to the game against the Bills, and the Ravens allowed 9.3 yards per rush against the dime defense, 87 yards on nine carries. That was bad, but it wasn't so bad when you consider they also passed the ball 20 times against the dime for eight yards, so 0.4 yards per play. So when you have that kind of uh, of balance there, you realize the Ravens made a compromise to play dime in those situations to make sure that the passing game was clamped down on and they were willing to give up chunks of yardage in the run in that situation. I think the Ravens you know, in 2019, are a team that has to make compromises to stop the run, and that would be an example of one I think we'd see. So I think it's very possible Henry will have a pretty good yardage game again. They're certainly going to lean on him, and I I don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing if the Ravens do it open-eyedly to make sure that they are, uh, you know, stopping the passing game. Okay. Uh, another one. Will the Ravens try to force deep shots early? It feels like there hasn't been as much in the last four games, as, as many balls in the air, more than 25, 30 yards, particularly in the first half. And I guess as a corollary to that, uh, you know, one of the things that stood out in Teron's comments on your podcast earlier this week was his remarks towards the season that Hollywood has had. And it felt like it, the reason it stood out to me is because I feel like Brown's quieted down a little bit in recent weeks. And I wonder if now coming off of multi-weeks rest and kind of starting the second season, you know, there's a desire to start the season the way that, you know, to start the playoffs the way they did against Miami. Yeah, he should be healthy. And and I think the Ravens entire playbook should be open. They've known now for only six days who they were going to face, but they've also known that they're going to put in their own offensive wrinkles. They might try against anybody into their playbook. So from that perspective, I think the entire playbook's open. Here's the problem. I think the biggest risk to the Ravens is weather. And if if we have a high wind game, I'm not anticipating that you know, deep shots to Brown are going to be an obvious part of it. They've been extremely careful about not throwing into the teeth of defenses under adverse circumstances. So obviously that was true in Buffalo uh, in a big way. And the one play they got, the play they, they made to Hurst, they, it was a fairly short pass over the defense because both safeties were only four yards from the line of scrimmage at the snap. But that doesn't mean you have to throw the ball 40 yards downfield. You can throw it 15 and get the ball over the defense if they're, if they're you know, going to pack it in that tightly. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't think necessarily Brown's part of the 
initial, uh, you know, we're stretching the field and we want to show you we're stretching the field. I think what we'll see in terms of the scripted plays is every form of play action that they can think of that will work uh, tried because I think that's going to be the weakness of the Tennessee defense here is, is getting them to bite on two-handed fakes that look like they might go into the mesh. Very good. And if we have time for one more, um, sure. I want, I would like to go a little bit more general, less focused on uh, this matchup and a little bit more season long um, because we just went through a week of uh, awards uh, two weeks ago with uh, so many pro bowlers and all pros coming off this roster who strikes you as the most underappreciated or underrecognized player on this Ravens team? Hmm. They've all gotten a fair amount of recognition now. Brandon Williams as a second teamer is probably not being fully recognized for improvement this year. Orlando Brown, uh, I would I would say some of the same things about. Certainly the offensive line's had a big year, and what Orlando Brown thinks, I think – he does, doesn't get role reflected in other grading systems. I'll say that for starters. Um, if you want to look for another, like a mid-level player who I think is playing a lot better than anybody thinks is Bozeman. Yeah. You know, a guy who's really not not being recognized for for what a fine year he's had. How about, what do you think? Who, who's the player you would pick? Well, yeah, so I, I kind of took a similar approach in the sense that, you know, I went through kind of multiple levels and identified um, where I thought there was really strong emergence and, and then trying to isolate within the unit where I felt like a guy wasn't getting as much recognition. And I, I, I've really appreciated what you've said about um, Fort in recent weeks mm-hmm. in the way that, you know, he's been able to provide some stability, um, particularly depending on some flexibility in the, in the style of defense that they chose to play. Um, but I actually did settle on both Bozeman and Brown. Um, and I'm interested uh, in, in particular, your opinion of Brown, what specifically he is so good at um, and, and, it's just, it, 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 I guess it's kind of remarkable to me that he could be underappreciated given that, you know, he's from Oklahoma and he's the son of a, you know, mm-hmm. famous NFL player. And when you watch him play, he's overwhelming. So it just doesn't seem like the type of player that would actually go overlooked. And yet, I'm like, I don't know, when I watch him play, I see an all-pro right tackle. Yeah, he's, he's, very, he's very good. I think if anything, if anybody's detracting from him in some way, and I don't really see people getting to this level – He's just a perfect fit for Lamar Jackson. So because of that, because he often is not even assigned to block an edge defender with the read option, he has an easier set of blocks to make. But that still doesn't mean his, you know, okay, his most common blocking assignment is to is to block down on Yonda's man to basically tee that man up so Yonda's got him firmly. Not that Yonda needs a tremendous amount of help there. But then he scrapes up usually half a level, sometimes further, to try and catch any other player and seal that right edge. And he's been so exceptional at that. And I think it's possible those particular blocks are going undervalued in other grading systems. So I, I grade them very highly. I, it's a combination block for me. It's a, it's a highlight block when I see it. Uh, but but other I think other grading systems don't give that as high. So I think that's some of the reason why he doesn't look as good in other systems. That's well said. I mean, uh, particularly given that I think there's so much, whether it's traditional pocket passing and, you know, it's turning edge rushers either back inside or, or standing them up or, you know, if it's especially for right tackles, I would imagine compared to even left tackles, it's row grading in traditional run blocking schemes. It would make sense that those would be two skills that the majority of coaches in the NFL would value a little bit more highly. And maybe that's one of the reasons that it's not getting quite as much recognition as I think it deserves. 
All right. Fair enough. Terrence, really appreciate you joining us on the show today. I want I want to make sure that people know where to find you on Twitter. Obviously, yeah, so, right yeah, so I'm at – yeah, that's right. So I'm at Terrence Foy, T-E-R-E-N-C-E-F-O-Y. And uh, don't tweet a ton about the Ravens. If you like lacrosse, you definitely are going to enjoy my Twitter account. But I think over the course of the next three weeks to a month, I'm going to find myself tweeting a few more times uh, than typical about, about this Baltimore team as we hope it uh, ends up in a Super Bowl. All right. You and me both. Outstanding. Thanks to have. Thanks for uh, coming on, Terrence. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. sports for fans by fans find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com introducing the lowe's list for innovation while our aisles are filled with innovative products we've selected our favorites just for you like the exclusive whirlpool washer with industry first two-in-one removable agitator we love this washer because you can customize any load and with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.